0: That's DRIZLY.com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter. With Zach Peter, that's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at just plain Zach, because I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below, everybody. oh you ready? I hope you have a can of I Stole Kim's Goddamn House inspired by Beverly Hills. Or maybe you have a can of Drag Me. I dare you. Whatever vibe you're sipping on today, whichever one of the rosés you're sipping on, I hope you are channeling that vibe and you are sipping it as you're listening to this week's episode. And if you haven't ordered My Housewives inspired rosé, you can order it at nofilterwine.com. It is 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. They are all right here. We have Drag Me, I Stole Kim's Goddamn House. I'm ready to mention it all. Now tell me who gonna check me, boo, and I'm ready to flip a table. Oh, my goodness. Be sure to order at NoFilterWine.com. Thank you guys so much for all the support. I really appreciate you supporting the wine brand. And there may be an expansion soon. Maybe we shall see. Wink, wink. Um, Maybe you can take some guesses as to what you think the next rosé should be. But definitely go to NoFilterWine.com, support it. Thank you for the love that you've shown so far. It really does mean a lot to me. And now I'm excited to break down this week's episode. So I did put out a call to some of you guys to ask you if you've ever met the Girardis. Have you ever met Erica? Have you ever met Tom Girardi? And if you have... What has your experience been? As you know, I had a former client, Dana Smoller, on the podcast a few months ago where she shared her experience working with Tom Girardi and how she felt that he could have possibly thrown her case for profit. And I was curious if there were more clients out there. I've talked to some of the clients, some of the victims. Not everybody's willing to come forward and be public. I get that. I understand that. I respect that. In due time, I'm sure more people will be willing to speak out and share their stories and perspectives on working with Tom Girardi. Maybe we'll do a whole episode dedicated to former clients that have either worked with Tom or had settlements that uh, he helped negotiate. Whatever the case may be, I think that may be a future episode we'll, where we'll dive into Tom Girardi and Girardi Keese. Today Today's going to focus just on Erica Jane slash Erica Girardi. Stories that you guys have sent in, I spoke to a couple of you on the phone. I have two guests on the show today that are going to be sharing their experiences, meeting erica it 's so interesting to hear everyone 's experiences and realize like how different they are so we 'll start off with Taylor Ferber. She is a podcast host and an entertainment reporter who has met and interviewed Erica. She's also gotten hit on by Tom Girardi. So we're going to dive into that, talk about Beverly Hills a little bit. And then I have Amir Yaz, who you may know of from TikTok. He's also been on this podcast before. He's going to be sharing his experience working with Erica on her book tour for Pretty Mess. Very interesting, very different perspectives. And then at the end, I'll uh, talk about a couple of stories that you guys have sent in to moi. Not de moi, but to moi, zimi, Zach Peter, and we'll dissect it further. Further, we'll dissect it further. All right. Shall we break? Let's Let's first start off by welcoming on Taylor. She's the host of the Cancel Me Baby podcast. Please welcome the very gorgeous and very unfiltered Taylor Ferber.
1: My body, my panties, my panty gate. I mean, we are ready.
0: I'm ready. I can't <laughs> wait now. I now my pant. I don't know what's going on with my panties downstairs, but they're ready too. So. <laughs> You have some firsthand uh, experience with the Girardis, correct?
1: I do. I do. And funny enough, about, you know, marital relationship status, all this kind of stuff we're seeing on play now. So it has been quite an experience watching it unfold. Okay, so it is like. Is this a Chris Nolan movie? I like I literally I don't even know. I can't keep up. I'm confused. What's happening
0: every day? I feel like there's another like hook, jab and sinker that just comes and I'm like, whoa, It's or another story of another car crash. Like I'm trying so hard to keep up with all of it. So mm-hmm. we'll dive into all of the Girardi mm-hmm. stuff and what we thought and what we each think of what's been playing out. But yes. I want to know what your experience is with Tom and with Erica like, were you a Trisha A Bigelow mistress on the side? Were you, you know, what is your experience with Tom and Erica?
1: I mean, I wish. Like in my wildest dreams, <laughs> wouldn't fantasy? that be great? Okay, you'd so, be
0: on CNN or not on CNN. You'd be on the Today Show, just giving right. your exclusive.
1: Right. Well, do you want chronological? I feel like chronological order makes most sense. Yes. So Take I it to the beginning. Okay, so I was a red carpet reporter. In Hollywood for many years. And as it was, I had a very unconventional method of interviewing celebrities. It wasn't the BS, you know, yeah. what's it like doing this? What's it like? Right now? No, I got into the nitty gritty shit and we had a really fun time. Sorry. Can I curse on here? Yeah, Zach? Yeah,
0: yeah. Hashtag no filter.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. So the first time I met Erica was on the phone and to give you guys context, cause I know these are real housewives lovers. It was during the panty gate debacle with Dory. Mm-hmm. It was December 2017. I have my little notes here. So I have the story right. So it was on the phone, Zach, and me being just going rogue. I open, I still have the audio. I open the, the conversation instead of being like, okay, so this season on Real House Clubs, I'm like, let's talk about you and Tom because like you, I am with a man who is very much my senior, mm-hmm. you know, like 28 years. <laughs> So that's how I started talking to her about it right away. I'm like, let's just like braid each other's hair, have a Girl Scout now, fire. Was you that know, a pit true
0: meeting. story or was that a let me try and get her to let her guard down with something I can relate to her on?
1: True story. OK, it was a true story. So, at the, you know, obviously not knowing any of this, I'm like, I really admire you know, your relationship and how you just hold it down and you don't let the people judging you get the best of you because it's I said to her, it's really hard dating someone so much older. You know, you get a lot of judgment. You get, a, lot, you know, right. from family, friends. People don't get it. So I'm like, show me your ways. Basically. Now,
0: what was the nature of the interview? Why were you interviewing her? Was it to promote Beverly Hills? What was yes. Okay.
1: I was I was interviewing her for Bustle at the time. The article is on Bustle.com, but obviously none of this is in there. So technically, by the way, I'm just going to paraphrase what she said because technically this was all off the record. But okay. we were talking about her relationship with Dorit at the time because it was when the whole panty gate thing was going right, on. Right, right. So, and I'll just say too, like she couldn't have been sweeter. You know how they call her cold? Yeah. She is like hard to get stuff out of I feel like you have to warm up to her but right away she was just like game super sweet you know like we're sitting there having dirty martinis so you know basically what she said was I get the sense that she really loved him Mm -hmm. you know I'm not gonna again say verbatim what she said but it was kind of like you know, if you keep each other on, you know, each other's toes and, you know, like each other and get along and have things in common, you know, kind of fuck what everyone else says. It's their, you know, it's your life, not theirs. Right. And I said to her, I didn't expect to be, you know, like someone so much who's so much older than me because it's hard. And she kind of was like, honey, neither did I. So overall, I got the sense that she really loved him. Yeah. And cut to two years later. I interviewed her at the season premiere for Denise's season. Got it. And she remembered me. So this was in person now. And I have photos. She remembered me. And I said, I'm the one who, you know, was venting to you, talking to you about the older man thing. And she asked me like wholeheartedly again, how is it going? And kind of the same idea. Like, if it works for you, honey, it works for you. Fuck everybody else. This was February 2019.
0: And were you still in the relationship?
1: Yeah, it's been on and off. Okay. It's always like been a thing. I mean, I haven't married him. Like she married Tom and you know, they were together for, you know, what was it? Two, 20, years, know, 20 yeah. years. Um, so yeah, like I said, I really got the sense that she was like super secure in it, confident about it and was like, I love this man and everyone else can, you know, buzz off. Yeah. I even ran into Andy Cohen because this is like in the middle of all this. At, I think it was the Critics' Choice Awards. And again, my priorities. I'm like, Andy, we want to see more of Tom. We love Tom and their whole thing. Like, and Andy turned around to me and he was like, I know he's great, right? So yeah. watch, watching all this, I'm like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah. You also had an interaction with Tom Girardi, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. So this is the funniest This is like, what's crazy is I bumped into him. It was March, 2020. So he is like at the ripe age of 81, you know, popping all around town. I was at a super Tuesday event. Billy Crystal was performing at, at the Abbey. Okay. In LA, you know, the Abbey, like the, you know, iconic, iconic um, gay bar. And I'm there hanging out. And lo and behold, someone bumps into me. I turn around. It's Tom Girardi. Like by himself, might as well have like been in a diaper, right? And he is like swagging all around town. And he said to me, "He said I never mind bumping into a pretty girl."
0: Oh, and I'm like,
1: "It wasn't even." Here's the thing, though. It wasn't even creepy. It felt to me like kind of like jokey, grandpa, charming, yeah. like not not Harvey Weinstein, more yeah. like you know what I mean, like kind of like cute. And I said to him back, I was like, "Tom Girardi, you know, way to make my day, like something like that." So. Again, now it's funny seeing all of this play out because now they're talking about him cheating on her and all this. So it's been an experience, yes.
0: So do what do you think about the allegations that Tom's been having affairs for all these years?
1: <sighs> okay, so I feel like it's also, with all of this said, I feel like it's one of the best kept secrets, I guess, if you will, among people in Hollywood that they had I don't know how much truth there is to this, but people always wondered if they had some sort of like open arrangement. And truth be told, I actually had heard whisperings of Erica kind of doing her own thing on the side more than Tom. I see you're nodding. So I see that's something you're also you've also have heard. Yes.
0: Yeah. And people don't realize how common that is in Los Angeles. Like people like they think because they're a celebrity or, you know, some a power couple is married that, oh, they must be completely monogamous. And it's like, no, like 80 percent of the relationships in that public figure world are not as Honest or genuine or monogamous mm-hmm. as people would want to believe that they are. There's pressure to stay in this relationship and there's pressure to put out mm-hmm. this image and create this facade. So we have to maintain that image for the sake of our reputation. You know, PR doesn't want, you know, your publicist doesn't want it to be known that you go to sex dungeons every Saturday night. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. although we probably should because we would be so much more interested. I intrigued. agree. It
0: would be so much but, juicier.
1: Yeah. But, you know, and the thing with them was, uh, you know, and she would also talk to me about the shit she would get for like the whole gold digger, you know, uh, stereotype. And she and I would joke about that because the guy I was with, like, wasn't a rich guy. So I was, I would always joke with her. I'd be like, at least you got that going for you. Like I, you know, what, what am I doing to myself over here or whatever? And that's what also made me really think she really loved him because what the hell did she have to lose? Like, who would stick around for 20 years? She could have easily been like, bye, bitch. I'm hot. You know, I have money now. So I really didn't think it was like a gold digging. I really thought that they got each other. I thought that they stimulated each other. I really thought that they added something to each other's lives. You know, she could have gotten up and walked away, I think.
0: Do you believe that he had multiple mistresses?
1: I don't know. Do you, I mean, I feel like, like even the interaction, you know, remember on housewives when all the girls met him and they talked about how he had like a twinkle in his eye and was so charming. Even my, though my interaction with him was so brief, I got that sense too. But again, it wasn't like the creepy. I don't know. I don't know if I see him as like this sort of come sleep with me, baby, like shady kind of thing. But then again, Look at all of this business dealings now we're seeing.
0: He was good. at out. Yeah, he was good at concealing his cards. I think I'm yeah. not surprised that there were young 21 year olds wanting to bank him if he was giving them, you know, Birkins and Range Rovers and, you know, buying Trisha A Bigelow a new booty while she's sitting up on, you know, her court justice seat. I'm not surprised because, like I said, a lot of these things are very common in Los Angeles. Right. It's very common in this world. Um, would I be banging an 80-year-old man? Like, he would have to be giving me something pretty damn good if I'm, you know, if I don't love him and I know he's married. Like, I better be getting something cute.
1: I'd be like, buy my dog a house, my mom, my aunt, my cousin, um, you know, just like, <laughs> like, like, really, let's get at it. Here's but my wish list, also- Santa. No, exactly. It all and he kind of look he kind of looks like Santa, but it also makes you wonder, doesn't it? Do we really know these people? You know, I've met and been up close and personal with so many stars, and I've had so many interactions of on and off camera of just realness and them being so human that normal, you know, that everyday people wouldn't see them as. And this whole thing, again, watching it, I watched the documentary about him on Hulu. And it just really makes you wonder, you know, in terms of like concealing your on, you know, your public persona. It's like, how well do we really know these people?
0: What was your impression of the documentary? Or actually, before we get to the documentary, what was your impression of her on Housewives? Were you a fan of hers? Were you indifferent? Did you dislike her?
1: I always really loved her, especially because of the commonality and, you know, the parallel experience. I felt like oh, I'm seeing this play out on screen with somebody and it's relatable, yada, yada. I have to be so honest, though. And again, I I think she's a she's a straight shooter. Tell it how it is. She's a sweetheart in person. But trying to keep up with her, I'm like Sutton this season. I don't know how much I'm buying all this. I'm sorry. It's like whack-a-mole. I'm just like, I am lost. I'm dazed and confused. I don't even know. See,
0: I was not a fan of her. Not that I didn't like her, but I'm always like, I don't have like, oh my God. Well, I guess that's not true because I love Dorit. Dorit's like my favorite on the cast. I love Crystal this season. But for me, like Erica was always good, but she was never like one of my favorites. Like I liked her her first season. And then after that, I was kind of like, okay, like she brings an interesting flavor to the dynamic of the group that like, okay, I get why we keep her around. You know, she makes things interesting. She has really, you know, good cold moments like she had with Eileen, like she had with Teddy. Like she brings it every season. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, cute. She can stay. You know, cute. don't love her, don't hate her, but she's fine. Right. This season though, going into it, I'm all I'm almost kind of like I I don't love her, but I'm learning to like have a little bit of a different respect for her only because my favorite franchise is Beverly Hills and in Beverly Hills history we've seen Adrienne Maloof who when the narrative doesn't go her way she backs out doesn't show up at the reunion we see Lisa Vanderpump same thing when it doesn't go her way she stops filming doesn't show up at the reunion we see Denise Richards when the narrative isn't going her way. bravo 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 I'm gonna sue the network I don't want Brandy Glenville at the reunion we see these ladies playing these cards that all to me I'm almost like but you know what Despite everything that she's going through, she showed up, she filmed, she gave us like some, icon. like, I don't know how many times I've said, or what, or what, like, you know, like she's coming for you. I'm, I'm coming for you. Like. So many good moments that we've gotten from her that I'm almost like, I don't like Michael Rappaport, but I'm also kind of like, but like him standing her like I get it, you know, and I don't think there's enough credit like people are like, oh, Sutton and Garcelle are carrying the season. I'm like, no, they have a storyline because of Erica and Erica is arguably the one that carried the season. And again, I'm not an Erica fan, but like, you know, I'm like, you have to give respect where respect is due.
1: I mean, there's a part of me, though, that yes, I'm absolutely like, you know,
0: like Moira Rose on Shit's Creek. She's not a great person. <laughs> if it were a reality show, she would be a terrible person in real life. But people love Moira Rose. So I look at it from that lens of like this is entertainment and this is a villain. And I'm appreciating the villain of the season.
1: Yes, it's. I don't know. I see both sides. Cause a, there's a part of me that's like, she's committed and how awkward with them sitting around the table, being like in you know, bitch. Cause we're all wondering. Right, yeah. So she's not backing down. She's not pulling a Denise and shine away from it. But at the same time, I have to say when PK was like, what the fuck, why are you showing us your pussy? And yeah. <laughs> this whole yeah. situation, I was like, PK. Okay. Yep. Especially after watching the Hulu doc, because yeah. I do think it's sort of insensitive. It's like, if it's true and there are all these orphans and victims and people who are owed millions of dollars. And now it makes me view her differently, not only on the show, but seeing her, entourage and makeup like still when I see her on the show getting her makeup done I'm like bitch how are we affording this makeup team so
0: yes when we take it off the show and we get back into real life and you see her social media posts I've been a huge (sighs) critic of the social media I think it's it's tactless it's tone deaf and it's insensitive (sighs) Um, I can I mean, I've tried to analyze it and tried to understand where it's coming from. I mean, the only thing I've been able to kind of make sense of it is it's some sort of defense mechanism of like, you know, I'm going to show you that I'm still going to rise, even though you think I'm this evil, awful person. Again, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't condone it. I, I can understand it to a degree, but I can't endorse it. You know what I mean? But. You know, from a show lens, I appreciate the character on the television show for entertainment value. When you take it out of the show and you get back into real life, it's a little harder to digest. But again, with everything that I've dug up, like there really is no proof that she knew anything or that she was complicit in anything or that she's culpable for anything legally. Her stories on the show are very hyperbolic. They, you know, are very much exaggerated and hyped up. Um, but then when you bring it down to like, well, how many times when we're telling a story to somebody, do we hype up the details as well? Like, are the things that she's doing on the show truly evil or are they, you know, pretty human if we were if any of us were in that situation?
1: Yes. And listen, I love nothing more than being the most dramatic, like on my podcast, cancel me, yeah. baby. I will go so far. I'm so hyperbolic. I'm like, okay, so guys, I took a spaceship around the Mars yes. and then I came back. Like, I love it. But also I'm sorry. Like I love to put on a show Yeah, and I know she does too, but I'm sorry. How many times, why does every story involve a flipping of a yeah. car, a concussion, Uh, you know, brought back to life, reincarnated experience. I'm like, I'm sorry, how many times do you know somebody who flips a car? Why does every story involve a car flipping? So now I'm starting to be like, my mom and I will watch in this room on this TV, literally look at each other and be like, I can't again with a car flip
0: this most last week's episode where they're where Kathy Hilton takes them on a girl's trip. That episode for me, when she was saying like allegedly about him and the car accident, that's where I started to be like, okay, I've been trying to give, I've been trying to understand you and give you the benefit of the doubt. But like at some point, when is too far, too far, when are we, you know, dragging (laughs) these things out a bit much like, it's hard to keep up with it all. Like you have to have a handy dandy notebook and be looking for all the blues clues. And I'm like, where's Steve, Steve, can you come back? Give us another Ted talk to like, get us through this.
1: No, Steve, Steve, like please SOS because I just, and I, I also don't, I mean, I will just say, I feel like we are all Sutton. We are all Sutton. Like she is saying and asking the questions we want and none, and they all agree with her, like also love a Dory moment, yeah. but behind Erica's back, they're like, go and having a pep rally, you know, in her honor, have a Sutton mascot and then in person throw her under the bus and they are crickets while Erica railroads her. So I'm interested to see how that plays out because it's yeah. like.
0: I'm curious to see how that plays out at the reunion, because now Erica's seen all of the footage of what everybody else has actually said of her in the confessions. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said, though, and I keep trying to remind people of this. Sutton, Garcelle, all of the women in recent interviews after the show wrapped have all been very much still team Erica. They've all said, I don't believe she's as guilty as she said. And they lived through that experience. We're just watching it from the lens of a television show. Garcelle and Sutton have both spoken out in support of Erica on more than one occasion in the interviews that they've done in recent months, which tells me there has to be some sort of conclusion or something that they were able to draw that as an audience member, I don't know why we collectively Aren't I mean, I guess we're still watching it all sort of play out and unfold, but I mean, it's the train wreck that we cannot turn away from.
1: I know. I can't believe they're all, they're airing it out. Even talking about this stuff, you know, my interactions with them, I'm kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. And imagine these bitches, I can imagine why they're like, okay, but are we getting sued because yeah. you're threatening left, right and sideways I don't know. Even like, I'm like, well, the ghost of Tom Girardi, you know, listen to the No Filter podcast and come after us. I mean, honestly, you know, it's intimidating. It's it's like this big machine. And God knows. God knows who knew what.
0: Do you believe the Alzheimer's and dementia?
1: I don't know. Because, again, my experience with him was so recent. Yeah. He seemed with it then. Again, it was a very, what? A couple minutes but he was alone at this event hobnobbing with huge stars and it was a political event too so how out of it does one have to be like yeah. now that's the other thing it's all escalating so it really makes me think again i bring it back to how much do they conceal and curate because again even when when was it, it was 2019 when i talked to erica in person you know how's it going with your thing? Oh yeah, yeah. So why I don't do you know. Why really do you think you she wonder, divorced him? What's that? Why
0: do you think she divorced him?
1: God, I, to be honest with you, I feel like she didn't want to get caught up in all the legalities of this. I thought she, I think she was like, "This is one headache after the next." If it was a surprise to her or not, and I think she was probably like, "I'm just going to separate myself." before we, I pull a thumb before like this Thelma and Louise car go straight off of this cliff into doomsday. I just think she saw the writing on the wall. I agree. I think
0: think she saw the writing on the wall. I think she saw that the money was running out. I think she saw that he was in decline and she was the one kind of carrying it because she says like she tried to tell his doctor she tried to tell his family like she tried to warn people about his mental decline whether or not that's true I mean granted he is getting older so I'm sure there are going to be a couple of signs whether it's full-on Alzheimer's and dementia I'm still up in the air about the page six video definitely kind of confirmed it for me but I still don't want to believe it um But I think she started to see the writing on the wall and was like, this train is going down fast. There's not going to be anything left for me if I stay and I'm going to circle the drain with him. And I don't think he's been entirely honest with me in our marriage. And now I'm out.
1: Can you imagine spending 20 years and all the shit that she got for being called the gold digger, this and that for it to end this way.
0: I know. Like she put in her time. She's like, wait a minute. Where's my retirement money? Where's my 401k?
1: No, no. She's like my dental insurance, my vision. But Zach, you know what? Also like I took this job
0: knowing that I was going to be taken care of.
1: No, exactly. I put in my time, but you know, Zach, what also gets me thinking is how he. Okay. So now like the the script has flipped so much. This is also where I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not only because of my firsthand experiences with her, you know, raving about it, her her marriage, but now she's painting him as this evil man. Yeah. But let's not forget, you know, he's also the one who got her, entertainment career off the ground, funded all of that. She would cry on camera on Housewives saying he gets me. He wholeheartedly supports me. He's made my career happen, you know, been a mentor almost in a sense and really saw her vision. So now I'm kind of like, wait a minute now, where did all of that go? Does all of this just negate that? So that's where it's also tricky because she paints him now as this monster. Right. And that's also where I'm like,
0: And it's like, well, was he really a monster and she was just trying to keep up the image because she felt a responsibility to keep up the image? Or was he not as bad as she's describing him now? Or like there are just so many unanswered questions with that. It's like, okay, well, you know, was he just did he just kind of snap at her and there was a power dynamic. But like she knew what she was signing up for and she stood in that. And now she's just, you know, upping that and playing it up a bit more because it helps her situation now or was it that this was all really going on and it is as bad as she was saying it is and she was trying to just make sure that it, she looked like she was in a happy marriage. Or was it both? Was she, you know, did she have this love and appreciation for him? Cause like I would think that like you would have yeah. an appreciation for somebody when you were a struggling 27-year-old actress with the son and you're a single mom, and then a man comes into your life and is like, I'm gonna give you the world. And then he gives you the world. Like there is an appreciation there, you know, a level of gratitude that like you have to. I mean, whether you enjoy fucking him or not is is beside <laughs> the point, but you at least have an appreciation for the person
1: that's a whole other thing I mean do you think that they were like doing the hibbity-jibbity until the end remember when Garcelle asked and I'm like yet again yeah all of us what we are all dying to know
0: like yeah I mean Maybe, like, uh, maybe, but were they like, was she in enjo- June? I don't know. It's so like, he can't even really move. Like, what is he gonna do? I mean, do?
1: L- listen, ha- sometimes attitude is half the battle. And that's why I was like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they still get it on. You know, even like when I saw him at that event, I had joked about it on my show, you know, over a year ago, like fresh out of when it happened. And I was joking about it. It's like, he's 81 and in a, basically in a diaper and like, but he still has swag. Like a part of me is like, it's not even mad. So, you know, is the swag and the confidence half the battle? Even if he can't get it, I mean, honestly, I don't know, Swag confidence
0: and money. That's the trifecta. Swag confidence and money. And I think he had all three. Because, like, let's be honest, he's not a very attractive man. He's fucking 5'4". That was the biggest revelation out of the Hulu Hulu documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler, (laughs) is that he was 5'4". So it's not like he was some prize, but he had money and status. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if I could do it. But if I really I, needed it, maybe I would muster it up.
1: I can confirm. I mean, I'm five two on a good day. And he, yeah. And by then, he may have even have shrunk a little when I saw him. So, But he just looked like your run-of-the-mill, jokey grandpa, yeah. you know, telling silly stories at Christmas. You know, that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, not at all creeps. Creeper. So
0: last week's episode had PK or maybe it was the week before it had. Yeah, it was the week before last week's episode where PK, Dorit, Kyle and Mauricio are sitting at the table (laughs) talking about everything. Hilarious, comical scene. But in that scene, I remember watching him and just, I guess, throughout that episode with Dorit where he's really shading Erica. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, he has been sitting And waiting for this moment since Pantygate where she embarrassed him and she said, you were looking at my panties and you have a wife like he has been waiting for this moment where he can just twist the knife and pay her back. And I feel like that's why he's going so hard right now is because it's his payback from what she did to him a couple a few seasons ago.
1: That is so funny. He's like, boy, George isn't pulling it the relevancy enough. So I'm going to write this joke down. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to recite it in my sleep and have it ready for the time to do a low blow. I, yeah, it's funny. Honestly, all of these people, I don't know, being around them so much. I remember a time I was at this, um, gala opening in West Hollywood and Scott Disick was there with Sophia Richie at the time doing some stuff in the bathroom. I was right behind Mm. them in line, but pk was alone same kind of thing as tom girardi and i remember specifically like looking around being like you better not because i've heard you know whisperings as well of him being shady uh, bicoastal. coastal yeah uh you know a, having a wandering eye and i also love dory like you and i remember looking out and being like sir you better not step out on Dorit or else you'll be hearing from me. So he, not that I saw, I, he just, you know, got in a car and went on his jolly way. But, uh, but I had my eye out. I had my eye out for my girl that night for sure. No, but, love
0: me some Dorit. I know. <sighs> yeah. You don't, you put some respect on Dorit. PK Dorit is a catch. You ain't going to cheat on her.
1: What do you think of her? I mean, let's call it for what it is, right? Her changing face, her changing body Um, from the jury. You know, we see pictures from her high school, you know, even from the beginning of when she was on Beverly Hills, it doesn't even look like a different, the same person. Um, What are your thoughts? Like, is she owning it? Um, Are you for it?
0: I'm for it. I don't think she's owning it, but the delusion is part of what I love about it. Like the fake yeah, accent right. and the, it, my nose is just contour. And like, she believes the lie. Like she, you know, is so like, she has such <laughs> yes. conviction. And I'm I like, know. you know what? I love the delusion. I'm here for it. I love mess. I
1: know. I She's so committed. And I have to say, I've been really vocal on my show about celebrities who do all of this work and then pass it off to their fans. Like, if you take this gummy bear, you will look just like me. And I'm like, sweetheart, I've been up close and personal. I know your nutritionalist. I know your eyebrow plucker. Like, knock it off. And that's the thing with Doree is that. She's just in la la land. And let me tell you, interviewing her and meeting her in person is the exact same. It is just like she is on planet Dorit. We are around her orbit. It is rainbows. It is butterflies. I don't even know what's going on. It is, you know, champagne in a proper champagne glass. But I'm just it's just all part of her, you know, her her real life charisma. Too. Like, I'm just here for it. I just want to be in her brain for a day.
0: I would love to just spend a day with Dorit and do a (laughs) glam shoot with her and an Instagram photo shoot. Like she just is in her own world and she just owns it. I love everything
1: is everything is just great. Everything is just like it's great. It's peachy and God to have one of her brain cells. I mean, what a time it would just be glorious. Yes.
0: Okay, Taylor, your podcast is called Cancel Me, Baby. What are we canceling? What are you dishing on each week on your podcast?
1: Oh. oh, nothing. And that is the twist, is that everything goes for once. I bring in, like today, Bring. I talk about pop culture, but I bring in my raw stories, and I always take it somewhere deeper. So, you know... Unlike Dorit's brain cells, I like to get people thinking and going and moving. And so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the cancel culture and I don't want my listeners to be either. So I always bring it somewhere different. And um, I really get into the controversy and it's really sexy. It's fun. um, It's politically incorrect. uh, But I I get into the places, you know, people are afraid to. And it's definitely a ride. It's definitely it's it's fun.
0: We need more of that refreshing not being afraid of being canceled. Energy, you know, and and the other thing too, especially as it relates like all of the Girardi stuff, is I always like to play devil's advocate. I always like to look at it from both sides, you know. I've even had like a therapist on the show to like get into like Erica's psyche and be like, it looks like she's defending Tom. What could this be, you know? And I like to break all of these things down in a way that, like, listen, there are so many other podcasters and YouTubers and, and Instagrammers that are just bashing her left and right, and it's getting them a tons of a ton of likes and a ton of follows, and it's cheap. I don't, I don't go for cheap shit. I, you know, premium grade, you know, everything, even the dick that I get is, is top quality USDA certified organic, baby. Say it
1: again. No GMO. I mean, it's just all the way. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all the way around. Yes. And I also feel like again, about not being cheap. I feel like on my show, oftentimes people will say, you know, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking, yeah. but I'm afraid. And I'm to afraid say it.
0: to say it. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. So, you know, I and a lot of times I have the not PC, like, I don't know if you want to call it an unpopular opinion, but I know it's one that people will be like, thank God. So,
0: yeah, thank uh, God somebody yeah. said it because I was thinking it mm-hmm. and nobody else is willing to say it. Thank you so much, Taylor. Where can people listen to your podcast if they do want to learn more?
1: Absolutely. So you can find me across the board. Uh, Instagram, YouTube is talk to me, Taylor, and my show is called cancel me baby. It is on IGTV. It is, it is a whole 5d experience, honey. It's visual audio, you know, Spotify, iHeart, the whole thing. So come, come and join us. The train is leaving and I want you on board. Let's go.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Taylor, for chatting with me today. All right. So switching back to the Girardis, I have on a very special guest. You may remember him. He's been on the podcast before. He's got his own podcast. He's got a pop and TikTok. Please welcome back to Hashtag No Filter, Mr. Amir Yaz.
2: Hello, Zach. What's up? How you doing, boo? Good. Just can't complain. You know, Um, Erica's getting the car. Or she deserves so i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: you have actually worked with erica correct back when you were like a celebrity publicist so can you give me your experience well actually before we get into your experience what was your impression of her on housewives prior to meeting her were you a fan did you like her did you hate her what was your impression of her
2: so i always believed that the gays made her um so i you know i was one of like the maybe 150 people that waited in line at Gay Pride to see her. Like, we were definitely like very, you know, team too much with Erica. We were very supportive of her. And, you know, who do you think got her to like seven or eight on the dance charts? It's not straight people. So um, she better know where she comes from. Uh, So I liked her. I always liked her. I thought she was a great character. And I think that the beauty of an alter ego is that like, like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. She's Beyonce with her staff. The problem with Erica is that she's Erica Jane with everyone. And that's problematic. I have an alter ego. Amir Yas is like irreverent and an asshole, but I'm not. Like you have to separate who you work for. And when you're getting paid $100 for the entire day, she treated me like dirt. I I really went in there being a fan and I don't fangirl. I've worked with A-list people that... Like they eat Erica Jane for breakfast. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I don't fangirl, and I definitely was fangirling over her. And the way she treated me was very, very hard. It was, it was so rough.
0: What was the setting? Why were you there? What was she there for? Was it an interview? Was it a
2: photo shoot? When what was your role in it? So one of my friends is like a YouTube star and I was going to blow her up, but I was like, why say your name? Whatever. So she's a YouTube interviewer and she couldn't make it to like, so Erica Jane was promoting her book, Pretty Mess on Fox 11 morning show. So she's like, oh, I can't make it. So can you go fill in for me? And I was like, sure. She's like, I'll just throw you like a hundred bucks. And I was like, whatever. And I had like a fever. I had, mo- I-, I had strep throat. I was like sick. So I, I don't say that a lot because people that are going to be like, oh, y- you're like victimizing yourself, whatever. So I went there and, the minute I walked in, she gave me like dirty looks in the green room, and then I knew her makeup artist. So we started talking and chatting, whatever. And he's like, "Oh, I did Megan Trainer's makeup, but she like took it off, and it looks so bad. Look at this and there." Cause like, don't show that stranger. I'm like, I'm not a stranger. I introduced myself when I walked in. Like, I don't like. She was just, she just. I think I don't know if she thought I was someone else, but she was just like out to get me. It was like dirty looks, and you know, it was funny because the CEO of Sprinkles was there in the room. She was on the show as well, and she was like that woman keeps giving you dirty looks. And I was like, yeah, I know I was like, just stay in your lane. Um, and like, anyway, and then like the producer came over and is like, Erica refuses to go on live TV. And like in the green room, you can see the live feed and her book was like on the screen. And it was like one more commercial. And I was like, bitch, you got to get up. Like you're wearing like seven inch heels. You got to walk over to the studio. And she's like, I don't have to do what you say. And I was like, No, that's exactly what you need to do. And I don't know if she thought that that was me being rude or too stern with her. But like she finally acquiesced and goes over and does the show. And then we go to her office. And then she's like, I walk in and she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know who you are. Like someone introduced me. And I'm like, why are you like out to get me? Like it it just felt very aggressive. And then like the interview that like basically is shooting her in the foot right now, the interview where she's like, I spent half a million dollars on glam. I was in the room when that interview was done. That was literally this YouTube person that interviewed her. And it was crazy, Zach, because I was like in the background, just like checking in, making sure she's like, I can see you. And I'm like, I know I'm not a ghost, bitch. Like... She's just, oh, she was just so infuriating. And then like, long story short, she ended up calling from a private plane, tried to get me fired. And my friend's like, he doesn't work for me. Like, that was the most bizarre thing is that she was trying to cancel me. And I'm like, I don't even work for you. Like, I work, I filled in for someone. It's just So so bizarre. What
0: was the conversation with trying to get you fired? What did she call your friend and ask for? Or how did you even come up in the conversation?
2: So my friend was like, I don't want to make, I don't want to be dramatic. And I was like, please be dramatic. But yeah, she didn't tell me exactly what was said, but like, it was something along the lines of like, he's very unprofessional. He was like talking bad about me. I don't know if she thought when we were talking about Megan trainer, that we were talking about her makeup. I don't really know what was going on, like what she misunderstood. But all I have to say is that from the minute I walked in that room, she was out to get me and I don't really understand. And I'd never met her before. I'd never talked about her nothing. So I just thought it was really weird. And then like, it was weird because my friend's like, yeah, she wanted me to like, and then she wanted to like, basically like blacklist you. And I'm like, and then I never worked with this person again. I'm again, my friend, whatever, like she chose to believe what she said, but like that made me look bad. And, and, you know, it's a small town. Everyone talks. So like, again, I came out fine, Yeah. but like the, what she did could have ruined someone else's career. That's the reason I talked about it. People were like, why are you talking about it so late? I'm like, We're in the middle of a pandemic. I had nothing to do. So that's what I did. (laughs) So what was her narrative about you?
0: Like, what did she like? What was her experience? Cause obviously she has her version of the story that she gave to Mm -hmm. your friend. Like, what was it that she thought you did that was inappropriate?
2: Well, my friend wouldn't tell me. So Mm -hmm. I, it was never confirmed, which is like the annoying thing. Cause then when I posted the TikTok, her publicist Jack that I know reached out and was trying to be like, do a cease and desist. And like, why are you talking? Why are you making up lies? I'm like, honey, you were there. Yeah. Like he's the one that introduced me. And she was like, oh, I know who he is. And he literally was like, uh, what happened? Like, can you give me more details? And I'm like, I honestly genuinely don't know why she just like clicked off like that. I have no idea. Yeah. It's really bizarre. It Very bizarre. bizarre. And, but, when,
0: and when did know, this ha- this was what, like 2017, 2018 when the book came
2: out? 2018. It was in the middle of 2018. Yeah, I I remember because I was starting to do like some little like freelance shit and it was just crazy to me because I've again like I met so many people a lot of Bravo people a lot of A-list people and no one's ever acted like that and the way she comes for people on the show and the yelling and the and what she was kind of talking to me like that and it it was just it it was very I understand why people get scared of her Mm -hmm. but like if you're not fucking me or like you're not my family or I don't like you're not paying my bills. I don't really care what the fuck you have to say. So she thought she was going to intimidate me. And that's the last thing she did because I continued to stay in the shot. I continued to do my job and I wasn't going to really let this like blonde rat tell me what to do really. And what, look at her now. She looks like a little rat running around <laughs> TJ Maxx. So good luck to you. What are your
0: thoughts of her watching this season of Beverly Hills?
2: Well, when I was talking to Heather McDonald about this, we were like, what I'm upset about is that like victims are going to have to watch her be like, I have no money. And I'm honey, you're driving a Range Rover and, and I know the neighborhood she lives in. It, you're paying $11,000 in rent. Why did you not stay at Kyle's house? You went and got a Casita that cost $2,000 that's going right into Kathy Hilton's pocket, which again, kudos to Kathy Hilton. But like, I don't like, wouldn't, if I knew Kathy Hilton, I'd ask for a discount or something, you know, like, I just feel like she's being so like, oh my God, you know, like, and I get that they're not letting her sell her clothes, but stop wearing that stuff. Like I, if if it was me and I had, and my husband had done this, I would start wearing black or like simple clothes. I would be like, embarrassed. There's no part of her that's embarrassed. And I don't, that's what really bothers me about her.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I, I mean, granted, it's easier to say what you would do without being in that position, but, like, I would think that if I were in that position, I would just want to keep a low profile. I would be, like, you know, I don't know if I would be as flat, like, I get the defense mechanism of it, of just trying to be like, I'm gonna, you know, keep up this brand and show you all that I'm still gonna be, I'm gonna be okay, and I'm gonna survive. I get that. Um. But at the same time, it's also just like, I just think if I were in that position, I would probably retreat a little bit and not be as out in public and not be as you know flashy but then to be fair at the same time you see her dress down walking down the street and then everybody's like oh look at she's at the gas station or her hair's a mess she's broke now so i feel like she's also kind of Mm. in this impossible situation of like if she glams it up then she's insensitive and if she glams it down then she's you know trying to gain sympathy from the public because you know they Mm. she wants them to look at her shopping at tj maxx because she's trying to make it seem like she's poor so i feel like she's in this impossible Possible situation of like she can't she can't win for losing like she there's nothing that she can do that people aren't gonna tear her apart for. What, That's a
2: good point. What but Zach? You know she's calling the paparazzi on herself. Like oh I wouldn't I, be surprised. Little, I yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. No, and I know this for a fact as working as a publicist, we did this with clients that that were disgraced. We would call the paparazzi and then be horrified. Oh my god, where? Oh my god, like what do you mean the paparazzi came? Like. Paparazzi, first of all, do not go into TJ Maxx. So those photos that's are for- what, Yeah, that's what I said. When I saw those photos, I was like, they're the reason, like, I'll give
0: her the gas station. I'll give her the walking down the street. I'll give her the ones outside of her house. Fine, I'll give you the, I know everyone wants to think that they're all fake. And I'm like a little bit of 50-50 where I'm like, people call paparazzi on themselves all the time. But at the same time, this is highly publicized. Paparazzi are trying to make money. They know where she lives now. So them catching her walk outside. When they're catching her getting a delivery of roses and there's a brand attached to it, I'm skeptical. But her just walking out of her house to her car and looking disheveled, you know, whatever. The TJ Maxx one was a big red flag to me because I'm like, the photos are from inside the store. And paparazzi Mm. typically don't get to go inside the store and
2: photograph anybody. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I think that, listen, the whole like branded paparazzi shots are like, she knows she's not going to do that. But girl, put your hair in a ponytail. Like, I don't think that takes very long. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. I got it. Um, So what was your reaction when you first started hearing of the scandal breaking when she filed for divorce and then you start to see all the lawsuits coming out? Obviously, that's what we're watching play out on Beverly Hills this season. But as it was playing out in real time, what was your reaction to it? Were you surprised? Were you, you know, living for it?
2: You know, initially I was like living for it and I wasn't surprised, sadly enough, because like just the way that the the office was so opulent and the opulent life, just being around her, she had like six people in the green room. And like, you know, the CEO of Sprinkles is ten times more wealthy than Erica Jane. And she had one assistant. You know, like it's just it's a level of like in LA, it's like smoke and mirrors are like people's best friends. And I and I'm all for it. Like I've pretended to be like oh, I got a sponsorship from Gucci. Like everyone's done this bullshit. Like I get it, but I own it in a way that I think that she's not owning. It's like, you're spending all this money. I get that. Like you put this money into your account, whatever. But then when I st- when I stopped living for it is when the Jen Shaw thing happened. And I was like, is Bravo just trying to get us to get behind these criminals? Like, I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's like funny. Like I DM'd Heather that I know when I was like, Heather, honey, saying that, not good. Like, that's not good. Like saying you love criminals. Like, I think people like have this idea of like wanting to be on a TV show and it like it's scripted. This is your real life. Like people are not like Heather Gay, the character they're like, Heather Gay is supporting criminals. Like you really need to be conscious of what you're saying. And I've said a lot of dumb shit myself. I'm not perfect, but if you're going to do this, I feel like Bravo now is every season going to be about legal drama. Like even watching Salt Lake, I'm like kind of bored because they're not talking about the legal stuff. And I'm like, why do I, I don't like, when did Bravo become all about legal stuff? It's just getting old to me. Like I, I and then it's also like, these are real victims that are sitting at home watching us, like love the drama, watching us try to feel bad for Erica Jane. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's hard to feel bad for you. You're a white woman, a straight white woman with privilege. You're still like not on the street. Like I don't, you know, it's hard to feel bad.
0: No, I mean, I think that's a great point. And like, you know, she is still making a paycheck. She is still on Bravo. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is she's probably going to get a greenlit to come back next season. As is Jen mm-hmm. Shaw. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. As I've said, like our culture turns into controversy and scandal. We like it. We buy Us yeah. Weekly. We love People yep. Magazine. Like that's just the culture that we live in currently. Love it or hate it. I know people hate it when I say that, but I'm like, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying that's the reality of the world it's that we true. live in. You know, it's true. Last year, Donald Trump was the president. I'm not saying it because I endorse it. I'm saying that was the reality of the culture that we lived in. Um, And so I just, unfortunately, that's the platform that, you know, these cable stations have. And as audience members, we tune in because we like to watch the train wreck of it all. So you said (laughs) that you were you were living for seeing her kind of demise, I guess, last year as it was all breaking. Why do you think she divorced Tom?
2: So, you know, it's funny because I've I've sat in rooms with really big crisis PR. I, I didn't do crisis PR, but I've been around crisis PR. And a lot, it's so funny because people love to see someone become famous, right? Like, look at like the rise of like, Addison Ray, right? People are like, oh my God, she's becoming, people love to see, they love to see her fall. Her acting is bad, her arm, like, you know, in a movie that like, she's she's still gonna get a Netflix deal, right? But yeah. the, the, people love doing the video of her arm being badly CGI'd, whatever it was. But like, I think people love to see people build up. They love to see them fall. But I think that at the end of the day with her, I think, yes, I was like, oh my God, it's like living for a little bit. But I also feel like she left Tom because she understood the image and like image consulting. And there was one of her image consultants that was like on a bunch of podcasts. And he's like, listen, she understands how things work. When you leave a man, right? Like if she was to stay with him, it would seem like she's endorsing him to leave him it all makes sense. Like I had a friend in high school whose dad had a big lawsuit and we went to deposit money in the bank and there was $14 million in his account. This is, Erica Jane is not the first person to have a bunch of money put into their account because their significant other or their family member had a lawsuit. That's a very normal thing to move money around so they can't find it. So again, did she know? Did she not know? I don't understand. Like, she doesn't seem like an idiot. Teresa Judice, an idiot. Yeah. So we bought that story. We were like, okay, like she really didn't know. And I know a lot of wives with really wealthy husbands and they don't look at the paperwork. They sign everything. And if no one learns anything, look at the paperwork. Like your husband, especially if he's a straight white man, he's most likely going to get away with the crime and you're not because people love to see women behind bars. They love that narrative. Like if Erica Jane was to be in orange jumpsuits, everyone would like lose their shit. Like that's just how people are. And really what you said was super key about this Us Weekly generation. Like I was looking flipping through Us Weekly last week and I was like, all of this is fake because I know these people and I'm like, uh, What's in my, literally yeah. fake.
0: What's in my bag? Stars are just like us. Like all of those segments, like it's all so yep. pre-rehearsed and endorsement deals and brand deals and advertising. It's all smoke and mirrors. It
2: is. It is. For every Addison Rae, there's 65 people that are just old white men sitting in a boardroom going, okay, let's negotiate. Let's do this." There's hundreds of people behind these people and every decision, like people are like, oh my God, I can't believe Little Nas X did this. I'm like, these are all planned months in advance. Like people don't do stuff on the whim. That's just not how things work. It's a machine. And as someone who was a cog in the machine and I've worked with these people, I understand how things happen. And all of this Erica Jane leaving him, Erica Jane telling the story about, oh my God, I didn't even say goodbye to him. I didn't take a single thing. I dropped him off at work. And I, these are all calculated, rehearsed stories. All of it whether or not there was no snow, whether or not her, her there was actually a burglary, whether or not the car flipped does not matter. It's the rehearsement of it mm.
0: uh, yeah that's I've what heard, people are missing no yeah, and I've heard that from some from mostly a lot of podcasters. I think as a viewer, you kind of just watch it from the lens that you're able to see it is but more of people that analyze this stuff they are like it feels very rehearsed or it feels very much like she's performing a monologue that she's yep. recited in her head
2: yep. Yep, and I've taught people to do that. And the way that you sell that rehearsed, like statement is that you pause, you have emotion because a lot of times people rehearse things and they memorize it and they say it all at once. Mm-hmm. That's when you can tell they're lying. But when she tells things like he got burglar and there was the eye and then all of those details, the reason they're not lining up is because she's lying. When you forget the details, that's the problem. And she's let go of the image consultant. There's no one to tell her, like, don't say that, right? The ankle's not matching up with the, the, the head injury. The what, You know, like all of that stuff's starts not lining up. And for her, in a couple of months, if someone goes, oh, what happened with the snow? And she says, oh no, it was sleet or it was rain. Then it starts to fall apart. That's the problem. That's a problem with when you're not telling the truth is that you start, there's gaps. And everyone, and the Bravo fans are like detectives. They're waiting for you to- I mess up, you know?
0: Yeah, which I also feel like is the double entendre. Like you have fans that literally are waiting to pick apart every single thing you say. And you also have to factor in like whatever the story was, it was cut down into a a minute and 30 seconds of footage that, you know, was chopped up to like when she was telling the story of Tom driving into the ding dong ditch. And then we have confessionals of Sutton and she's like, this story is very confusing. And it's like, okay, well, if you get into the production and the editing, they're building the storyline, the story arc for the feud that the two of them are going to have down at the end of the season so it's like you have That's to right. an, you have to factor in all these other pieces but it's like you know you're right there are so many like the the story just i don't know i've had so many feelings back and forth watching the season and analyzing <laughs> it and then trying to just be like a viewer and then trying to be a detective at the same time and
2: it's it's a lot it's a full-time job
0: it really is like Kim I'm Kardashian like social of... media. It's a full time job.
2: <laughs> it totally is, and it's not fun anymore. Like yeah. I, when I watch Beverly Hills now, I'm like constantly having like flop sweat because I'm like, oh my god, like the victims, and then just like feeling bad, and then I'm like trying to analyze it, and then like thank God Kathy Hilton's there, yeah. Because otherwise, I don't think I would watch. The it's season just too would stressful. be too dense. Yeah, the season would be way
0: too dense, way too heavy. It, there wouldn't be anything like Kathy brought the perfect amount of comic
2: relief that breaks it up, that makes it palatable yeah exactly i never thought i would be missing juicy juicy apple juicy because i missed like that stupid drama like where i'm like okay like this is not even that important but now it's like and then the whole like jen shaw of it all and like all of the little things she says like oh i would never go to prison or whatever like and it's like oh god like i have to analyze it's just like not fun anymore like i I want to have fun. And I hope, you know, with Atlanta or Jersey, there's no legal stuff. I don't want to hear. And like, even with OC, I know they're going to bring up Sweet James Bergen, that whole like lawsuit. I just don't care. I'm like, we know you're bad people. We want to watch you go to lunch. Like, what happened to that, Bravo?
0: Well, I think what happened to that is that these reality stars ended up becoming celebrities and they became targets of... You know, one more lawsuits, two more press coverage of those lawsuits. I think Teresa opened up the floodgates with scandal and, mm-hmm. you know, smoke and mirrors of housewives that now everybody's looking for that because they're looking for the story. And there that's what Housewives has become. And then the other crazy part is you have the fans that get so extreme about these things and so extreme about which team they're on. Like for me, I watch the shows and I enjoy the cast as a whole and I enjoy sure. what every single individual cast member brings to the overall flavor. You know what I mean? I don't get a, you know, a, you know a, a soup and I'm like, ooh, I love the cumin, but I hate the pepper. It's like, no, I love the fucking soup. You know what I mean? Yes. I yes. love the formula that it, that, you know, the the complete product
2: agree so i think I it
0: gets so extreme and i feel like the media and the fans and the irs like we're killing housewives at this point we're just destroying it because we're picking it
2: apart in so many different ways that it's almost right. becoming less fun It is becoming less fun. And it's also like on some level, like you see it when Candy does a show or now Portia wants to do a show and they all like Bethany did a show. It's not good because on their own, they're not interesting. Like, you know, like that's why I love Nini for never doing that. Like she's like, she did. Did she do the wedding thing? I don't remember. She did like
0: a, a, a spinoff, like special, but not an actual
2: show. Okay, good. So she didn't do an actual show, but she still did something. It's like, I I just wish that they would just... You're funny because you have different layers and you can take a break from the intensity of Erica Jane and see a little Kathy. Then you have a little Kyle and her husband. Like, there needs to be some breaks. Like, I don't want it just to be 100% all the time. That's exhausting. It is. It is. Are you enjoying Salt
0: Lake City this season? So far from what we've gotten?
2: I mean, the first two... Minutes were great, and then now I feel like it's a little boring. Like I don't know. Like I mean, Meredith kind of got it's, excited because it's getting back to the classic housewives that you just bitch that you miss, and now it's I too know, boring. I know. I hate to say it because I, I like, and but it, Meredith really brought it. But yeah. I feel like sometimes she's a little like shrill. I don't like it's. It's hard to watch her because like her and Jen are a bit shrill. Like it's too loud. Like I, I need them to bring down the volume a little bit. Like, and then Lisa has got to go. Like Lisa Barlow, I'm sorry. I love Lisa Barlow.
0: I love it. Oh, I just can't. Oh my God, I I
2: love it. (laughs) I love this look. She's trying so hard to be a Kardashian. It's never going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
0: If you could represent publicity wise, if you could be a publicist to any housewife, whether it's to repair their reputation or amplify their
2: brand, who would it be? Well, I've always been in awe of, um, Bethany. Mm. So I, I would like, I know she's really intense, but I feel like it would be really fun to work with that kind of intense machine. And then on the extreme opposite of that is Kathy Hilton. I think it'd be Mm. so fun to work with all of just like the craziness and the dinner parties and like just the way she operates, I think is kind of funny. I I would definitely tell her to know my name though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be okay with being (laughs) called the lady, but, (laughs) um,
0: To the point of Bethany, though, like Bethany is very extreme. And a lot of people have a lot of stories about not having pleasant experiences meeting Bethany. What would make Bethany different from your experience with Erica?
2: Well, I think Bethany is like the thing with her is that I think having a daughter and like having been self made gives her a softness that Erica lacks. So I think that with her, like, even though she's very intense and I've worked with people like her that are very type a and are very like self starters and self-made and they can be aggressive and hurtful, but it's all for the end goal of their business mm. where I think that Erica is just cruel, just to be cruel just because that feels like, Oh, I'm I'm like better than you. You know what I mean? I think that's a
0: really good point. I didn't think of it like that. Cause like, if you think about it, Bethany, had to build herself, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is an ounce, like the reason you can see that she's more egotistical now is because she had to fake it for a long time. You had to, she had to fake it till mm-hmm. you make it. She had to build the business and the brand. And now she can be like, I built this empire with my hands. Exactly. Erica's money was never Erica's money. It was always mm-hmm. Tom's money, you know? And mm-hmm. she didn't have much of a career until... Erica Jane was created and that didn't really pop off until Housewives was created. And yes, she's got a little coin now with her book and her music's doing better because there's a bigger platform and she has a large social media following, but she isn't that self-made sort of like every like her entire music career was bought and it was paid for. Now we find out it was paid for by Gerardi Keyes. But like, you know, (laughs) it's interesting to see that comparison, especially now that the two of them are. We're not going back and forth, but now that Bethany's outing her on her podcast, she
2: did. I mean, Bethany understands promotion. I mean, she talks shit about people, and then she'll be like, "Go to you know, be with Bethany or whatever." Like, she always understands. She understands understands the the assignment. assignment. She understands the assignment. It's like a Dorinda. They get what they're there for, and I think that that is something that Erica's still trying to like get us. I don't know to get sympathized with her, or I don't quite know what she wants. But what I don't understand about all of this, Zach, that makes me crazy why did Tom do this? Like, was there a return in his investment? Like, I don't really understand why he all of a sudden was like, I'm going to support her and make her famous. I didn't understand that.
0: I think it was probably one. It may have been a way to keep her in the marriage, you know, because he had already had two prior wives. He had to pay them out. Like this could have been one way to keep her was let mm-hmm. me keep you entertained. Let me keep you happy. I mean, from what I've heard, she was a big spender and she's a part of like the reason their money was depleting is because she just didn't. How many fucks does she give? Zero, 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 none, not one. And she it's expensive to be her. And so, you know, she she kind of told
2: us that she kind of already told us did. in her music, like, I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um. So I think he did it to keep her and to keep her happy and then eventually I feel like it had the opposite effect because the more successful she became, the less with him she was. And then you see little, you know, Amber Riley, who's out there popping around with him at all the galas and she's the new girlfriend. And Erica's not showing up at the galas anymore. Erica's not showing up at the, the dinners anymore. She's living her own life and doing her own thing and, you know, meeting Scooter Braun in the sex clubs.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, for me, they started to become like roommates, right? I yeah. feel like sometimes they were like living separate lives. And then the whole thing about the whole narrative of her son living there, I was like, it seems like he's closer to Tom than you are. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. It like is he's interesting. he's like the stepdad. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Amir, where can people follow you on the social medias and check out your podcast?
2: Yes. Um, you can follow me on Amir Yas official on Instagram and TikTok If you want all the shady, shady takes and don't take it too seriously. I don't really need you to tell me that you're offended. I don't really give a shit. Um, and then I really don't. And then go to the take on podcast and, um, it, it's on all platforms. So thank you for having me. It was so fun. I love it. Thank you, Amir.
0: Okay, so there's so much to break down here. So obviously, you know, Taylor and I had a very long conversation about Beverly Hills, about her experience working with Erica. Amir had a very different experience working with Erica. I reached out to a couple of you guys. Some of you sent in some questions. It seems like it's very hot or cold you either had a really nice experience with Erica as in Taylor's situation where she was like, she made me feel important. She made me feel like, you know, I was not a, a uh, like, not like she was my superior, but like, you know, she just, she acknowledged my presence and made me feel seen, which I know around some reality stars or celebrities doesn't always appear to be the case. Then you have an instance like Amir, who's like totally different experience. And so there are Two incidences that, that um I want to talk about with regards to some of the stories that people have sent in. And if you guys have stories, please continue to send them in to me and maybe we'll make this a segment. I don't know, we'll do something with it. But anyway, there was a pride event that happened a few years ago that Erica Jane performed at. One of the board of directors that was helping to organize the Pride event. I spoke to and she shared her story about interacting with Erica. And it's so interesting because she detailed how there were a lot of like rules and demands around Erica Jane. And this was like at the beginning of her housewife start. Like, I don't think it was her first season, maybe a couple of seasons in is when she performs. So I wouldn't think that she would even be that popular. I was never familiar with Erica Jane or Girardi prior to her joining Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills. Had no idea who she is. I had never heard of her, ever, as Crystal would say. And so when she joined the show, that's when I first heard her music. We saw the Painkiller music video. I think expensive and what's the other one? How many F's do I give? I think those are fun bops. I, you know, they were fun to watch her do the music videos on the show, you know as a viewer it was enjoy it was yeah it was entertaining to kind of watch the erica jane persona on the show and have this you know seemingly popular music career as i've talked to more people though it seems like some people really knew her you know a lot of guys in the gay community really knew erica and she had a gay cult following so i guess to a degree there's some level of you know significance that i guess she would have brought to performing at a pride parade um it was in florida I, I don't know if that really is a helpful detail or not but anyway so in speaking to this woman she shared that there were a lot of rules you know she had to have tequila in her room she had to have chocolate in her room she had to um have veggie platters very standard you know these aren't anytime somebody, you know, of notoriety has a green room, people usually ask like what you would like to have stocked in your green room. Like I said, I shared a bit on Instagram stories in relation to Lisa Rinna and Sutton and their beef. My background is in celebrity fundraising. So I know what it's like to have talent at an event and to have a green room for them. And you typically like to stock it with their favorite snacks. Does that necessarily mean that they're demanding? I know you hear these stories of like these big celebrities who are like, I want M&Ms, but only the green ones. And you have like this long list of demands of what needs to actually, you know, be in the room and how the room needs to be set up and prepared. Um, Apparently Erica's room needed to be like super clean. Everything that she requested had to be there. You weren't allowed to speak to her. You weren't allowed to speak to any of her dancers or performers. You weren't allowed to look her in the eye or speak to her directly or take photos with her or take any photos of her. Very, very. Oh, I'm noticing. I have a little. Something in my teeth. How come nobody told me that beforehand? Zoom world, you're supposed to tell me about these things. Anyway, so long story short, Erica was seemingly very difficult to work with. Green room requests, not, you know, wanting to talk to them. Here's the other thing in listening to, you know, this story. I think when you have talent, like sometimes they can be a little distant. Um, They can be a little standoffish. Obviously, if you're preparing for a performance, if you're preparing for a speech, like, you know, I can understand how you, like, want a little bit of space and distance. I would think in this instance, being that the, the primary, like, bulk of her audience was the gay community and this was a Pride event, you would think you would want to play it up a little more. And, like, if you really give the gays everything they want, wouldn't you want to interact with them a little bit more? Wouldn't you want to be more involved in the event? Wouldn't you want to do maybe, like, a meet and greet or kind of, you know, pass... Uh, event goers by and, you know, kind of wait for that. Like, I don't know. I would think you would want to be a little bit more engaged. But, you know, in my experience, yes, you do stock the green room with, you know, snacks that they like, snacks that they prefer. A lot of the times, though, a lot of these requests, be it rules or be it, um, items that they want in their room doesn't actually come from the talent themselves. It actually comes from their team, be it the publicist, the manager, the assistant, the agent, whatever the case is, they're usually the ones that are making all of these big requests to make sure the talent feels comfortable when the talent arrives. Yes, there were the rules. And yes, there were the requests in the green room. But then there was the experience that people had of her at the event. And apparently she wasn't very friendly. She didn't speak to people. She seemed very cold. Which kind of depicts Amir's uh, depiction or experience of what he had with her when he met her for uh, the taping at KTLA five for her book promotion. So it got me thinking. Well, does this mean that she has like two personas of like Erica Jane and then there's Erica Girardi and maybe Erica Girardi is a little bit nicer when she meets people and Erica Jane is kind of like this this cold, stuck up ice queen and that's the brand and that's the image that we're trying to project i just don't think erica being like a couple of seasons into housewives performing at a pride parade is going to be anything like i don't think you're that much of a headliner you know what i mean like i don't think any housewife that goes and does a performance i mean maybe countess luann can have a little bit of the you know delusion that she's, you know, somewhat more important considering she does like sold out cabaret shows all around the country. And that's kind of like the bulk of what her, she's building her career as moving forward. Is she really a cabaret star? You know, the argument is kind of, eh. you know, she's more of, it's more of the novelty of the housewives brand and franchise. And she's just an extension of that more than she is like a really popular, successful cabaret star. I mean, I've never seen any of her cabaret shows. So, I can't fully comment on that, so I have to disclose that I've never been to a show, so I don't know what her full range of talents actually is. But I would imagine people, if they just saw, oh, Countess Luanne performing at so-and-so theater at you know whatever tonight most people wouldn't like just want to show up and i don't i wouldn't think she would have a huge massive following at least not without the housewives like people are attending her events because they know it's part of housewives and they want to talk about oh i met real housewife of new york luann this is my experience this was the show etc etc so there's erica and her performing and apparently that's very standard of people that have interacted with her at these performances. There is more of a cold persona, but then we have another instance where there is somebody that, um, also interacted with Erica and met her several times, worked, Closely with, um, I guess, production for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and has had multiple interactions, doesn't know her personally. But from their depiction, she was very much like I've met Erica several times and all of my interactions have actually been very pleasant, surprisingly. And... It's shocking it's interesting to hear like Taylor's depiction of it where she was talking about how Erica really much was engaged with her and remembered her and this other person person that I spoke with let's name her I don't know Uh, We'll name her Tammy. So I spoke with Tammy, and Tammy basically said that she'd met Erica a handful of times. And it was mostly around production for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But in every single instance that they had been interacting, Erica seemed to remember Tammy. Erica seemed to... In converse with Tammy, um, would kind of make sure that she acknowledged her presence, which I think is important. I think when there's talent, especially when you're again, I've also been around production, and when housewives are filming, they're very much involved in their own world, so they don't often interact with anybody else around them. So I think in this instance, you know that there is a lot to be said that you know Erica even acknowledges people while she's being filmed. I mean, is she being mic'd? or the cameras around? Does she kind of have to be nice? That is another very valid point. You know, is Erica only being nice to people when the cameras are around because she's mic'd and that could potentially be caught and used on the show? Possibly. I don't know if she's necessarily worried about being considered cold or inconsiderate or demeaning to people around her. I don't even know if that's much of a priority for Erica and her reputation. I mean, clearly we can see, you know, her reputation is just it's not in the best place right now. And she's not really doing anything to help that with some of her social media posts. So it's interesting to just hear the juxtaposition of experiences that people have had with her, some of them really good, some of them really bad. I wasn't able to really find any cohesion. Like I said, at first, I was like, maybe when she's Erica Girardi, she's a little nicer. She's a little more less guarded and more willing to engage with people. But that doesn't seem to be be the case because in most of these instances, she was playing up the role of Erica Jane. And... I mean, is it because she was having a bad day? Is it the person interact? I mean, based, like, Amir seems like a really nice guy. This woman that I talked to at the Pride Festival, we'll name her Jennifer. Jennifer seemed like a really nice woman. I actually enjoyed speaking to Jennifer, Um, had a great conversation with Jennifer. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to kind of... So here's the thing when it comes to talent and events. So in working with talent myself, there were instances where yes you would stock the green room with with certain snacks and yeah you would kind of like have this unspoken sort of not rule but like a conversation of like okay well when talent is here We need to be respectful of their space. We need to be respectful of, you know, the fact that they are either performing or, you know, going to make a speech or they're at this event to schmooze sponsors, whatever the case may be. The talent is there to do a job and you want to make sure you're not kind of distracting them. Obviously, when you're interacting with a lot of people, that's a lot of energy that you're giving to people. You're taking on their energy. Sometimes that energy can be very manic. So, you know, I understand wanting to give talent space and distance, especially when you have people that are you know, um, like interns or volunteers, they get a little more excited if they're not used to being around talent very often. And, you know, they do want to take selfies and interact with them. That way they have a story to be able to share. And so part of your job is to protect the talent and to kind of protect their space so that there aren't too many people coming up to them. And there aren't too many people like I know there have been several instances where I had to be the asshole to protect the celebrity, you know, to protect their reputation where I can tell maybe they were getting a little agitated with a fan or you know something and I had to be the one to kind of intersect and be the asshole that was like okay I have to take them on their plane and they have to leave right now or whatever the case may be so there are instances Like that, And I know in working with like, you know, volunteers and stuff, like sometimes you do kind of say, you know, make sure you kind of keep your distance. Let's not take any photos of them. You know, they're here to walk the step and repeat. They're going to do their photos there. But like when you're here and you're working an event, it's not very appropriate to, you know, in the middle of the event, if you're working it, to walk up to them and ask them for a selfie at that point. But like I would always make sure if there was somebody that did want a selfie, like come to me, talk to me, and I can see if I can arrange that maybe at the end of the event or maybe when there's some downtime or whatever the case. May be, and I was. I always tried to be very good about that, but I do know that there are a lot of secondhand information, and a lot of the times it's assistants, it's managers, it's um agents that are relaying a lot of these messages like, don't take photos with them, don't look them in the eye, don't make sure nobody speaks to them. It doesn't always come from the talent directly, and a lot of times it's in protection of the talent. In this case. You know, these were direct interactions that people had with Erica. You know, Amir and Jennifer being two that were discussed on the show today. Those were direct experiences. And like, I can't. Say that that was a manager or an agent or an assistant that requested those things. You know, obviously, the impression that they got from Erica is that she was very cold. As Amir said, he was a big fan of Erica's prior to her joining the show. Um, Jennifer was also said she was a huge fan of Erica prior, was actually really excited to meet Erica and was very disappointed in it, in how she ended up being in person. I know they always say like don't meet your heroes because you'll always end up disappointed. I don't think that's always necessarily true, but it was interest it's interesting to see people's different perspectives on all of it. I've tried to make sense of it. I've tried to find some cohesion amongst all of the stories, but I have yet to actually find that maybe I need more stories. So if anybody has had any sort of interaction, maybe you met her at a book signing, maybe you saw her out at a restaurant, whatever it is, big or small, bring it to moi, not de moi, but bring it to moi, me, Zach Viter. Let me know, because I want to know I want to let's dissect this further. Or if you've had an experience with Tom, has Tom hit on you? Have you been a former client? Like we'll get into all of that. Or maybe you don't even give a shit about these stories and this was a waste of an episode. And if that's the case, then I'm sorry I ruined your Wednesday. But have some No Filter Rosé and it'll make it a little bit better. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's all I got for you for this week, you guys. We'll have a new live on uploaded to the podcast this Friday. If you want to catch the recording live, we tape it live every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific... 9 30 eastern at no filter with zach on instagram so you can go over there give us a follow and join our lives every thursday night and if you don't want to join live i know some of you are on the east coast and you're like 9 30 that's too late i gotta go to bed i gotta get up early boo and i'm like i get you i got you you good i uploaded on friday mornings on the youtube i'm in the live chat right there with you guys and it's available on the podcast so you can listen in this Friday, only episode of hashtag no with Zach Peter. I'll recap Potomac, I'll recap Salt Lake City, I'll recap Beverly Hills, and we'll talk about any other breaking news that happens between now and then. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Follow the show at NoFields with Zach. Join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Be sure to get my wine. Housewives inspired wine. I call it Housewives Watching Wine so that we can sip it while we're watching and yelling at the TV and we're watching at Erica go off on site or what, or what. I'm coming for you. You ever call me a liar again? I'm coming for you. Nofilterwine.com. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Talk to you later. Bye.